you for joining me for the Sermon of the Week. Coming to you from Studio B, housed inside that miraculous establishment. Midwest Healing Center, Lake of the Ozarks. Something 28 North Main Street, Lloyd, Missouri, if you want to come see us. Is brought to you by the New Old School Podcast in Church at the MHC. Join me today as we revisit a television interview from April 13, 2017, at the DCT Studios, my first book, Seven Days with the Witch. Let's jump in on the interview and check it out. Well, pray everybody. So glad you're with us today. I hope that you are having a marvelous day. We are here at TCT. We have a great program in store for you today. I'm so glad you're here because I believe today could be a life-changing moment for you. Did you ever feel like darkness was pressing in around you to the point you didn't know you didn't know what was going on, or maybe you've been wondering what is happening in your life and that you can't seem to get through that breakthrough? Well, there could be a reason for that. And I believe today's program is going to be a program that's going to enlighten you. But more than that, I believe if you'll stay with us, I believe before the program's over, I believe the power of God is going to meet you and set you free. I'd I'd encourage you real quickly to get on the phone. If you know somebody that's struggling today, somebody that's sick, somebody that's battling oppression and depression, I would encourage you to get on the phone right now. Tell them to tune into this program here on TCT at Rejoice because I I believe they've got an encounter. They've got a divine uh, moment with God that could change their life forever. I want you to do it right now. Listen, friends, we have a couple special guests with us here today. We have Don Allen and Kirk DeMars with us. They're two guys and a Bible. Uh, Don is an evangelist, the co-founder and president of Two Guys in a Bible, which encompasses Christ the Healer TV show and the 1412 radio network, which can be seen and heard Worldwide, Don has traveled throughout Africa, South America, United States with the message of healing and miracles and salvation. He also conducts two separate healing schools a, a week and ministers in the Missouri State Capitol where they have seen signs, wonders, miracles, salvation, people baptized in the Holy Ghost. And here's his model. I love this. Attempt the ridiculous, achieve the miraculous. And Don looks to make John 14. 12 reality in the lives of as many people as he possibly can. Gentlemen, it's great having you on the program with us today. Good to be here. And it sounds like you guys have a lot going in the kingdom. We do. We do. You know, the Lord is really just opening up doors. You know, you get into those seasons and, uh, you know, those doors are presented and you know, you can walk through or not. We decided to walk through. That's it. That's right. yeah. You know, you come up with this, this, I'm just going to call it like this, this crazy two guys in a Bible. Yeah. How did that come about? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the whole idea was it started with uh, the, the co-founder, Matt Davis and myself when we were in Africa. And we realized that, you know, there we were out there minus all the technology, uh, nobody giving you a pat on the back or an attaboy, right? But you found yourselves in some situations where all of a sudden we realized it just takes a couple of us and the word of God to get hmm. something done here. And so so that was kind of the whole idea, not to just be Matt and I, but then we thought, you know, this needs to be any two people get together with the Word of God and get out there and go do something. Wow. And you can. You can. Now, let me ask this question. Uh, you didn't come from some religious background where you had a history of a father and a grandfather and a great-grandfather and all that being no. in the gospel and such as that. How did this, how did Jesus get a hold of your life? 
No, it was it was really, uh, you know, my my parents uh, had owned a, a business. They were socialites, uh, lots of parties. They did lots of that, you know, and, and invited people in. And and uh, eventually my my actually my mother got born again on a trip to Las Vegas, of all places, uh, when her a lady that she brought with her opened up her suitcase and a Bible fell out. My mom said, what's this? Mm. Well, she told her what it was, and she ended up getting born again on this trip. Wow. So long story short, you know, a praying mama. And, uh, you know, through those years of, of running around and, and, you know, just sin-filled life. And, uh, but Jesus was always there. And I just had a mama that just never gave up. Wow. And, and her good. and some of those uh, Baptist ladies praying. <laughs> you can't get away from them. You can't get away from them. Those prayers will find you. They're like a heat-seeking missile. That, that's a good word for some mama that's got a child yeah. that they've been praying for. Don't give up on right. him. You Don't. keep praying and keep Amen. believing. Amen. Right. You, you know, Don, I had the privilege of about two years ago to meet you. And uh, uh, actually, we've done a, a program similar to yeah. this two years ago, and it's been a while. Uh, but since then, or at that moment, you were sharing a story in one of your meetings that you had an encounter or a young lady came in that meeting that yes. was a witch. Yes. And that you saw the power of of God touch her. Actually, that encounter has spawned a, a brand new book that you've wrote called Seven Days, Seven Days, is that right? Yep. Seven Days Seven. with the Witch. Yes. Mm-hmm. Kind of catch us up. Tell us what happened in that meeting, how you come to, to this point. Yeah, it wasn't too long after I had, I had met you and we were, we were still discussing this. Um, we'd been invited to go to Chautauqua, Kansas. Just, it's a little bitty farming town. You know, there's, I don't think a lot of people move there. It's just you're born there. Right. I mean, honestly, you know, it has one main street. And uh, there was a church there that had invited me a couple times to come down and hold a revival. And we had before. And, and again, just, um, you know, 20 or 30 people. I mean, it's a very small town and, and a faith Baptist church. And uh, right at the end of the strip there by the railroad tracks. So, uh, and it's, it's your stereotypical by the railroad tracks church. I mean, it's just kind of a run, you know, little, little town. But uh, so this pastor had gotten a hold of me and asked if I would come down and he wanted to do a tent revival this time, hoping to draw in some of the folks because what happened to him as a Baptist minister, somebody had come into their town and held a tent revival over at the ballpark. Some of his people were going over there. So he went over to find out what was going on. He said, I picked myself up off the dirt, praying in tongues before I knew what had happened. So the power (laughs) got, so he, he really loved a tent revival. So he invites me to come and, and, you know, I say for whatever reason, it was all God-ordained. This time I felt impressed to invite Kirk and a couple other people to come with me, even though I've, pr- I've been at bigger venues before, and I, I just really felt like I've got to have him come. But I had no natural reason to think that because I've ministered here before. There's going to be 20 or, you know, my expectation, 20, we're going to have a good revival. But um, so we ended up getting there, and, and the tent is all set up. But this time we did notice, and Kirk even noticed this, having never been there before. When you cross that little bridge and you, you cross this river to get in there, there was a darkness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not a spooky natural guy. You know, I mean, I believe in, in the Holy Ghost and faith and power and all that, but I'm not into the spooky natural. But when I crossed that, that bridge, something was was wrong That's right. mm. and uh, you could feel a presence an oppression and so uh, uh, crossing that bridge and then having met up with Kirk later uh, he was sharing that with me that he and his wife felt the same thing mm-hmm. having crossed when they came across into Chautauqua so anyway we, we set up that tent and uh, the pastor had it set up and, and uh, quite a few people showed up the first night good enough and as I'm sitting there preparing on the front row have you ever had that feeling where you're sitting there and all of a sudden you just kind of hmm something's Something's not right. You get the hair up on your neck, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, that happened, and they're all, you know, people are standing up, they're singing, they're worshiping, and I look up to see this woman walking in, and I uh, late, and she came walking in, and uh, it didn't take a rocket scientist to see that something was wrong with her, 
But I thought, praise God, she's in the right place. God's going to set her free. Obviously, some issues, you know. Uh, and then she sat down, and as I'm sitting there, again, I just, I'm getting this feeling that somebody's looking at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, an evil feeling. Wow. And I'm looking across there, and this woman's locked on me. And not just locked on me, but it's literally one of those deals where she's not looking away, or, you know, I didn't catch her and smile at her, and her just like, oh, sorry. She's locked on, and she's crouching down like a, a lion. Wow. And uh, so long story short, she's on me, and uh, I get up there to minister, and she's just locked on me. And now I'm close enough to see that her eyes are totally blacked out, full possession. And so she's kind of in and out of consciousness. And nobody else is really noticing this. I mean, I'm looking at this woman. And I'm like, there is a demon-possessed woman sitting right here. And um, so I'm ministering. And finally, I'd had enough because she's intimidating me. I right, mean, she's really right. locked on me to, to do something. And that's when we, uh, we kind of wrapped up the service. And I said, that's it. And I just looked at her and I said, you get up here right now. And she fought it with everything that she had uh, in her. And uh, didn't want to come up. And I said, get up here right now in Jesus' name. And she came up there. And, and uh, Kirk had come up and joined me and a couple other folks. And long story short, as we're standing there, um, demons are manifesting. Her body's twisting. Mm. Uh, all these different things are, are manifesting in her. And finally, we get out of her that she says, I'm a witch. And, um, but here was the greatest thing that I can say. Again, just some of the truths that are in the book. This was the most amazing thing that I saw about this whole deal. Having traveled to Africa, South America, you run into a lot of demon-possessed people. No problem. The name of Jesus, you know, this is not a problem. And we've been able to cast the devils out, and usually it's kind of a a bit of a production. I mean, it is a, there is a process there. This time it wasn't like that. This woman's standing here, she's growling, she's manifesting, and I'm holding her hands, and the only thing, this is what I want people to hear today. This is such a powerful statement for anybody that's out there struggling today right now and darkness has got a hold of you or you think your loved one can't be had i'm holding this woman's hands and the only words that i could think to say is god loves you Mm. and she would and when we said that i mean she would begin to growl and manifest and twist and bones popping and and i just grab her hands and said you're not going anywhere god loves you and this thing's renting her as it's leaving and so then she, you know, reveals to us, I'm a witch. And I said, that's okay. God loves you. Mm-hmm. And it was maybe, I don't know how long that process went, but those are the only words that I spoke. Those demons fled and she was totally set free and wow. accepted Jesus that's Christ. Amazing. And this is what the Lord revealed to me when I was asking him later, how did that work? Because we didn't bind and loose. We didn't cast right. out, you know, I mean, all those things that you would think we would do or name every demon. And, and he said this to me. You just went and dealt with the root. Everything else was fruit of a root problem. Oh, my goodness. The root problem was she had been told that I don't love her. The root problem was she didn't feel loved. You dealt with the root, and the fruit changed. That's amazing. That's it was amazing. powerful. It was powerful. How did, how did she respond after that, after that moment of freedom? How, how did she begin to respond to you guys? Well, she did go. She, she went and, and got sick and came back into the tent. And But you could see a total... Uh, release uh, uh, on her. Uh, it's like her awe and wonder. Kind yeah, of her, her countenance her. changed. Um, everything, just even looking at her face, you could tell things were different. Um, I wouldn't say we were out of the woods yet, no. um, by any means, because the, they weren't going to let go of her that easy. Right. Uh, but at the same time, she was just, for the first time, smiled. Yes. Uh, and was able to talk to us without growling or trying to threaten to kill us or cuss us out, which right. was all that was going on. <laughs> Up to that point, but you could see a, a total life change in just minutes because of the love of God 
And that's what I want people to know. It was it was the love of God that set this woman yes. free. It wasn't the anointed ministers that have a that's deliverance good, ministry. That's good. The power of God set this woman free. The love. Mm. The love. It, you, you know, Don and Kirk, there's a lot of people when they hear a story like that. Uh, I, I believe there's a lot of people that just think that's. Oh, guys, that can't be that somebody, that demonic spirits are that powerful or they're even real. But they are for real, aren't they? Very real. They're real. Very real. real. She had even said that, you know, uh, that's one of the enemy's plans is that he's very well organized. And he said that we're everywhere. Mm. And he said, you know, the believers just aren't prepared for that. And, you know, we just go in and we recognize the spirits that are in churches and on people. But how come they don't see what's what's on Uh. me? And she said, very well organized. And she said, we're everywhere in every community. You know, I think, uh, you, you know, you just said something so powerful because I think that a lot of us and I'm, I don't realize how strategic the enemy is yes. at his plans of destroying right. people's lives. That's right. Well, overall, what she shared, again, the title, Seven Days with the Witch, was that week that we spent with her at this tent revival. Okay. And out of that, I just began to interview her. What are you guys doing? What are your plans? Because the overall thing is this, and, and this was something that she shared with us that was so powerful. We are in every town. Mm-hmm. Mm. Just imagine it this way. You know how many churches we all have in our different towns. Right. They're just the same. They are mimicking exactly what the church has done in recruiting disciples and meeting and learning, except they're just doing the opposite of what we're doing. So they're doing the exact same thing, except maybe they're not setting up a building to say we're having right. church. But they are just mimicking everything that we're trying to do in recruiting people. And it was so amazing to me that when I came home after that week, uh, back to my own hometown of just 900 people, I had a lady walk up to me and say she was just approached in the restaurant in public by a witch in my town of 900 inviting her to join them in their meetings. So they are everywhere. And she said that was one of the biggest things that it's the church's denial that we exist is why we're able to move so freely. And she brought this up to me and you would probably recognize this having been a pastor for some time. You remember there for a while, maybe in the eighties or so, we'd have people slither down the aisles and I mean, manifestations. Mm -hmm. She asked me, Donnie, when's the last time you've seen something like that? And I said, 80s, early 90s, we used to have people come in and they'd manifest. And she said, exactly right. We stopped doing that because you started recognizing it and handling it. She said, so what we do now is we sneak in and we join your church and we sit down next to the weak ones and we begin to talk. Mm. We begin to whisper in their ear. And she said, we begin to divide the church. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that, that is so enlightening right there, guys. Every pastor needs to hear that. I needed to hear that. L- listen, you, evidently, she came into that meeting. She stayed with you. Mm-hmm. What was, in, in your interview time with her, what was her number one strategy to come to do? Her number one strategy was to, to destroy, in the same way we approached the enemy, we were the enemy. Mm-hmm. So her number one strategy was anything that's of God, has to go. Mm-hmm. And that means the church, the pastors, the elders, they do their homework. These people, uh, that was just so eye-opening, the dedication that they have and how lazy we've gotten. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm talking about myself. I, I was almost ashamed that I had to learn my Bible from a witch because wow. she's sitting here talking to me about the power of the Holy Spirit. She's sitting here talking to me about how important it is to read every word and do every word if you want it to work. And she's talking about spells, but yet it opened my eyes to, well, that's exactly right. She said, if you want a spell to work, you have to read it exactly the way it is, and you have to do exactly what it says, and you don't get to move from that. And I thought, 
How about that? The power of the Word of God, same thing. Mm. Read it, do it, and don't stray from it. And so there was just so many things that she began to, to listen. But that, is her, that was their main strategy is to destroy the church from within. You know, not to let us see them coming, but they will literally join your church and get in there. And it, the division starts from inside. All that evil work will start inside and almost allow us to destroy ourselves was the idea. Now, when they come into a place, what are they looking for? The weak ones. Right. Okay, they when you look, say a weak one, talk They want to find those ones that are the outcasts. You know, you can walk into any church and see who's in the inner circle. It's just the way it is, right? I mean, I grew all my family are pastors, so I can say these things. There is that inner circle of, of people that are tight with the pastor, that are involved in everything, and they're, they're, you know, those aren't the ones she wants to mess with exactly. She comes in, and first of all, she said this, I can recognize the spirits that are on people because I know those spirits. So if they've been looking at porn, if they're lusting, if there's an alcohol problem, mm. I can see those spirits on people and know how to operate. And that was the question she asked, why don't they see the spirits on me when I walk in. She said, I don't leave home without six demons every day. I summon them to come with me every time I walk in somewhere. Why is it that these people don't see them on me? So the weak ones, the ones that are already having some issues. Um, And then they'll start this way. Look at Pastor's suit. I wonder how much that cost. Mm -hmm. Look at that car he's driving. Look at that ring on his finger. And they'll just start picking you apart. And, get, and if that one doesn't work, they'll move to the next one who will. Because mm-hmm. there's always those that will. Mm. And it's just to cause that strife. But the main thing was, she had, we had asked the pastor about this, and he confirmed it. She had shut down three churches in Chautauqua herself. And we asked the pastor we were with if that was true, and he said yes. When we began to ask her how, uh, the one that really stood out to me was... There was a praise and worship leader when she came into a church, and she saw that praise and worship leader had a spirit of lust for someone on the praise team. Now, Mm. he's married. Mm. But what else she saw was how insecure the wife was of this praise and worship leader. So instead of making that connection that was so obvious, she put a curse on the praise and worship leader's wife Mm -hmm. to gain weight. And she gained over 100 pounds, and he didn't want to look at his wife anymore, and he had an affair. So, I mean, that is evil. That is evil, and it's real. And this book's not a witch hunt. We're not looking for a witch behind every tree. The point that we're bringing up is is they're starting to come out from behind all those trees and be very public with what they're doing. And I think we can recognize in in the time that we're in, it's an evil time. And I think it's a boldness. I mean, because she came in with a boldness. I mean, she even told us that she said, I summoned every demon I knew to kill you guys, but you just kept saying, I'm going to try to say it in her way, but God loves you. God loves you. I mean, she just, she just came in with a boldness. Yeah. And I mean, she was confident, but then all of a sudden she recognized that there was a greater power and she had always known the powers that she did. And she thought those powers were greater than God. But she recognized the greater power, and she submitted. And, I mean, she was a changed woman. It was amazing to see that transformation. And I think for me it was kind of a life-changing moment in seeing, God, this is exactly what you say when you say you don't want anyone to perish but everyone to come to everlasting life. Yeah. Okay, now she came in, they come in, and they're looking for somebody to work with. Yes. Now, the scripture also says and that there's not a curse without a cause. Exactly Okay. Right. Exactly So right. she can't just... Assign that exactly to anybody, right? right? Exactly right. So what's going to yes, so, stop that curse from Yes, yeah, so we don't have to be worried that they're going to come in and override our free will or anything mm-hmm. like that. But she did say, if you don't have the spirit of God on the inside of you, I can mm-hmm. override your free will with mm-hmm. a curse. Because, and then, gosh, we know this. And it was so, but to hear it come out of her mouth, she said, one of our biggest weapons is fear. She uh, said, Donnie, 
it's not an emotion, it's a spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, we know the Bible says spirit of fear. She said, no, it is a manifested spirit. It's one of the biggest demons that there are is fear. And if I can get fear into somebody, then I can get in. But she also said this now, if we want to, if we want to look at sin in the church, she said, if you're watching porn, we're watching it with you. Wow. She said, you want to open up those? She said, if you want to surrender your rights to the devil, we will gladly take them from you. Wow. So that goes back to some of those getting back into the word of God and, and tightening up the screws a little bit, guys. We can't be so flippant with our lives. You know, I know nobody likes to hear about sin, but the reality is they're thriving off of us sinning. Mm. And again, it's not that they're, they're going to get us every time, but if we're going to leave a door open, eventually they will be able to come in. And, and exploit that. So they're looking for a legal right in yes. a sense to come exactly in. Exactly right. They, they can't legally come in, like you said, and just curse you standing up there preaching. Uh, but if she can get fear into you, she can. Mm. And that's why she came in so intimidating and powerful in our meeting was she wanted to see if she could strike fear into me first because she didn't know who I was. If I can get fear into him, then maybe I can get an angle on him. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just the love of God wouldn't allow that to happen that day. But something that I thought was very amazing in these truths, um, when we begin to talk about the Holy Spirit, she came back one night almost in a panic. Mm-hmm. I've got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. And I'm like, now, this is a woman that's the high witch of the four corners telling me about the Holy Ghost. What do you know about the Holy Ghost? And she said, no, you don't understand. She said, when you all speak in tongues... I mean, they know everything about us. When you all speak in tongues and you're filled with the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues, she said, that's like our curses that we put against you. When you do that, that's like a curse you're putting against us. And she said, we know all the languages of the world, but we don't know how to deal with that. Mm. She said, so when you pray in the Holy Ghost, we don't know what to do. It puts them in a panic. So again, the the importance of... uh, Getting the full package here of salvation filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues even. You know, I know there's a lot of denominational divides there. But in the end, this, is, this was just some of the things that she shared with us, how important it was for us to, to be filled with the Spirit. And to see her get filled with the Holy Spirit was an amazing thing because she just started smiling after she began speaking wow. in her language. She goes, what was that? We said, that's the Holy Spirit, you know, manifesting mm. and, and the evidence of it. And it was, it was incredible. And something neat that happened right after she was filled with the Holy Ghost. We had a 3.2 earthquake. And she looked over at us. She said, the devil's losing his grip. Mm. I mean, we had, we had tornadoes. We had earthquakes. I mean, it was just a, it was a biblical uh, story, you know. <laughs> I mean, it, it was one of those amazing weeks. You know, as, as a church, you talked about she is looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. What about the casual, I'm going to say it like that, the casual Christian that just shows up? It, it really is an issue. And again, I understand going to church is not what's going to save us. But at the same time, we understand being in a church, at least you're getting the word of God put into you, right? And it is building you up. Uh, so the casual church goer, usually that's more of a hard issue anyway. Right. Right. And that's what they're going to exploit. Mm. Uh, we even had a little woman walk up to her to, to try to take her on one time. Mm-hmm. And she said that woman wasn't filled with the spirit. So I gave her one. Oh my goodness. And the pastor confirmed this, that she was sitting down there, uh, in a mental hospital. She had lost her mind. Oh my goodness. So the importance of church, as you say, Yes, we've got to get in there because that's where it, most people aren't doing this every day, right? We're waiting for you to preach yeah, to us yeah, on Sunday. Yeah. That's fine. If that's what you're waiting for, get in there and get connected. 
and I think the other important thing is, is having brothers and sisters that have your back. That's right. Mm-hmm. When you go to a church, you've got someone else that can see what's going on in your life and maybe speak into that situation, whereas I can only see what I can see. And so, it's, again, that is important. That's amazing. Guys, we're down to our last minutes. <laughs> this program has gone so fast. But what, what is, where is the young lady at now? What is she doing? She was murdered. Oh, my goodness. Not to spoil the, you know, spoiler alert to the book, but she was murdered by the family. Wow. That's the power, the power of the enemy, isn't yes. it? My goodness. Well, guys, I want to tell you, Don, Kirk, man, what, a, what an incredible testimony and story. Uh, the book is called Seven Days with the Witch. You have wrote this, right? You two together, I, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. And how can they go about getting this book? You can order the book at twoguysinthebible.com. Okay. T-W-O-guysinthebible.com. And uh, you can order it through the website there. Don, are you open to, are you guys open to go to church to do meetings? Absolutely, anywhere? yes. We've been doing quite a few here lately, so sure. Awesome, Absolutely. awesome. Uh, listen, before we go off the air, there may be people today that's, that's struggling, that, that you've touched something today. And maybe they feel like they're under the power of darkness. They're, they're under, maybe they feel like they're even cursed. We just got a couple minutes. But could you pray for them today? Absolutely. For their release and their freedom? We sure will. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come to you right now in the name of your son, Jesus. And Lord, we just thank you for the power of love. You are love, Father God. It's not just an emotion, Mm. but you are Mr. Love. And so, Father, I just thank you that right now your love is being revealed to every ear that is hearing this program right now in the name of Jesus. I I command those walls to be broken down and for that love to be poured out upon these people right now sitting wherever they're at watching, Father God. And we do. We rebuke the enemy right now in Jesus name you said what we bind on earth is bound in heaven and we bind that in Jesus name and father I thank you you begin to open their eyes to see the truth father in that your love is the answer father that is the that is the root answer father for all the fruit problems lord so we just thank you for that in jesus name amen 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 Amen. Amen. listen friends we would love to hear from you if god has touched your life if you've been touched by this program we would love to hear from you there's a phone number uh there's a number on your screen right now that you can call 1-800-232-9855 there's a prayer partner standing by that will take your prayer request we would love to hear your testimony of what god has done for you through this program i want to encourage you to go to the website of two guys and a Bible, right? That's right. I would encourage you greatly. Pastors, I think every one of us probably need this book and to get it in our hand. I would also encourage, if you can, get Don or, or Kirk to come into your church to share their story, minister to your people. I know you've been ministering a lot throughout our region. Yes, sir. And I'm hearing great testimonies of what God is doing. And I know that what God done for that person or for this young lady, I want to tell you, God can do for you. And we want to encourage you to do it uh, today. I I want to ask you one more time. What do you think, uh, uh, Don, what do you think is the greatest truth that we can walk in in this moment? It is the love. Yes. People have to know that God loves them. Right. If, he, if he could save the high witch of the four corners with some really bad intentions on that night in a little bitty town in the Midwest, I think he could probably right. save anybody wow. and wants to. I think probably that's the truth right. more so than he can. He wants to. That's right. Amen. He wants their hearts. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining me for church at the MHC Sermon of the Week. I'm your host, Pastor Don Allen. I know it's a little bit different today with the book interview. 
copy of the book, go to twoguysinthebuckle.com and you can order it there for $9.99 plus shipping. You can also get the book, uh, the ebook, through Amazon Kindle or Barnes and Noble Note for $4.99. Don't be uninformed or the devil will take advantage of you in that ignorance. Get your copy today. Be sure to join us for church at the MHC every Sunday at 10 a.m. in person at the Midwest Healing Center, 728 North Main Street in Lori, Missouri at the beautiful Lake of the Ozarks. Page. Want to sow into the ministry? Two guys in the Bible.com. Hit donate. Church at MHC, where we love the hell out of your life.